Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. We're forced with a question this morning, brothers and sisters. St. Matthew forces us to ask, how do we approach religion? How do we approach God? Now, there are some people who feel that Jesus owes them something. Others that see Jesus not as the center of life, but as an accessory who gives them something when they ask. Others still feel Jesus is a tool or an aid to help them in certain situations, but otherwise they don't want much to do with him. People ignore Jesus, try to use him to their advantage, and see him as some sort of magical trick to be used when regular means are exhausted. So people have been known to approach Jesus, more often than not, with self-righteousness, feeling their life is complete and whole with or without Jesus. Do you approach Jesus in righteousness or in humility? My brothers and sisters, a question worth asking. In our own day and in our own time, there is a trend, there is an overwhelming notion that we can approach religion. We can approach God on our terms and not the other way around. But I ask, what are the consequences of approaching religion on our terms and not on God's? It is true, I have found it to be true, that when people come to God on their terms and not on God's terms, things don't work out well. And how do I know that so well? because it's been true in my own life. The times I have come to God with preconceived notions and preconceived ideas, the times I have come to God feeling whole, complete, righteous, all of these things without Jesus, I have ended up broken. But the times I've come to God broken, in humility, begging for mercy, knowing that I am not healthy, I am not complete. I am not whole. I have ended up being blessed and grace-filled. Ended up under the mercy of God. Now this morning's exo- uh, gospel is the perfect example of that truth. The Canaanite woman. Canaanites were Gentiles, were not Jewish, were seen as dogs by many in Israel. This Canaanite woman, a woman alone in a man's world, a woman who's a Gentile, not a Jew, comes to Jesus and begs for mercy. She begs Jesus, son of David, to have mercy on her daughter, tormented by a demon. You have to imagine the scene, Jesus and his disciples walking down the road, and this crazed lady, Gentile lady, crazed dog, as it were, shouting at her and begging, have mercy, have mercy. And to her begging, Jesus replies, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
So she continues begging and screaming, undeterred. The disciples beg Jesus to get rid of her. Jesus replies, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to dogs. And still she begs for mercy, saying, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Now, in the end, at the end of the story, the Canaanite woman ends up as an example of faithfulness that is second to none in Matthew's gospel. Second to none. She is the only person in the gospel according to Matthew that is recorded as having a great faith. Nowhere else will you find any person defined in such a manner. A great faith. But at what cost did she earn the reward of having her daughter healed and being trumpeted as one of great faith? (coughs) This woman comes to Jesus broken and in complete humility. She meets Jesus completely on his terms. She comes with no pride. She comes with no contempt, thinking Jesus owes her anything. She comes with no cultural bias, no ill will, no preconceived notions, save that of trusting with all her heart and having faith that Jesus is Son of God and can heal her daughter. She is willing to forego everything just to beg mercy from Jesus. She is willing to face public humiliation. She is willing to be ridiculed by the crowd. Send her away. And for that matter, she's willing to be ostracized by her own people, a Canaanite talking to a Hebrew. All of that just on the chance that she might receive mercy. The Canaanite woman meets Jesus on his terms, not on hers. And her reward is mercy and health for her family. If we leave our preconceived notions behind, if we meet Jesus in humility, knowing he is the bearer of mercy and grace, we end up blessed. But if we come to Jesus refusing to give up preconceptions, refusing to admit our brokenness, Refusing to admit that we are ill, we end up in a place that is devoid of God's mercy and God's grace. One of the great prayers of the Anglican tradition captures, encapsulates this gospel this morning. It's known as a prayer of humble access and it's part of the traditional rite, what we do at 8 o'clock and sometimes here at 1030 It reads, we do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. This prayer, which has been a part of the English tradition for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, this prayer is loved by many, makes many uncomfortable. It is a powerful reminder and an edict that we should come here to the Lord's table, not trusting in anything we have done, not trusting in our own righteousness, but only coming to the Lord's table, trusting in his mercy. It is an attitude adjustment, if you will. But that humble attitude should extend past our worship. It should extend past this morning when we come to the Lord's table 
trusting only in the righteousness of God and not our own. It should extend and encapsulate every pore and crevice of our lives. For if we approach the Lord in humility, trusting in nothing else but his mercy, we will be blessed. But to approach the Lord otherwise is not to approach the Lord at all. The story of the Canaanite woman is very difficult, hard to digest fully. It seems harsh, and Jesus seems uncaring. But we learn an extraordinarily valuable lesson at the end. The end result is where energy and reflection need to be focused. The end result is healing. The end result is mercy. The end result is living into the righteousness of Christ our Lord. So I ask again what Matthew has forced upon us. Do you come to the Lord in humility, trusting in his righteousness alone? Or do you approach the Lord in self-righteousness, expecting him to bend to your will and your will not to bend at all? For the answer to that question, my dear brothers and sisters, the answer to that question is the difference between God's grace and mercy and our brokenness and despair. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.